Welcome to the Superhero of Love podcast. I am Bridget Fonger, and I wrote a book called Superhero of Love, Heal Your Broken Heart, and Then Go Save the World. My book is all about helping people love and be loved more than ever. I believe we all have a superhero of love inside of us. Yes, even you, superhero. And in this podcast, I talk to people who are all about helping us all tap into that superhero. May this episode make a difference for your heart. Let's get this party started. When I met you, you were starting with your, with number four, you weren't married to him yet. You were starting, weren't you starting lovedaily.com? I did. I started in 2005. Yeah. And it's very interesting because I just finished recording. It's called The Tale of Love Daily, which is a little like three minute video about the story of Love Daily because I was trying to figure out for our company how to tell our history and our mission and our beliefs. So I decided it was best to tell it in a story. So it in fact did start in 2005. And at that time, um, then a, a professor from the University of Michigan bachelor, or I'm sorry, master's program, asked if their business group could study the, our business plan. So I said, yes. And they came back with the conclusion that it was brilliant and 15 years ahead of its time. <gasps> and then I got very sick, of course, <laughs> and had to walk away from Love Daily until 15 years later. <laughs> that is unbelievable. It is now exactly 15 years later, 2020. Exactly. Oh my God. Exactly. All right. Let's from that word 2020, let us jump into, I'm going to jump into your introduction, your formal okay. introduction, which is, wow, 2020 is a kick-ass year for sunny justice. <laughs> <laughs> Most of them have been. <laughs> yes, actually, right. If you read the book that Sunny, that just came out by Sunny Justice, came out February 9th, 2020. Her book is called Mugged by God, a journey from holy shit to holy. If you read her book, you will understand what Sunny just said is absolutely unequivocally correct. But Sunny is a kick-ass goddess, okay? So everything she does becomes beautiful. Everything she touches becomes love-filled. Everything, everywhere you go, literally you leave a trail of love and beauty. I've been watching you all these years since I met you in 2005, and that is the truth. But she's, had, she's also had a very Some fancy- of my exes might disagree with you. Too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but Sunny has had a very fancy life, which you can read about in this book. Oh my God, first of all, the book reads like an action movie, right? I mean, it's just like, I read it from cover to cover in four hours flat. I don't think I even got up to pee. Because it was so, I felt like I was on a, you know, one of those, one of those adventure movies that you literally cannot look away from the screen, right? Like I couldn't look away from the page. So you can read in her book about her very fancy life that she had as a model, a fashion mogul, a trailblazer in the skincare industry, literally a trailblazer. And you can read about that trailblazing that she did. She made Burt's Bees the uber cool brand that we know it to be. She made Burt's Bees the uber cool <laughs> brand that it became Tang to be, seriously. Um, I 
met her at her house that she features like a character in her book, The Mango House, um, because you were doing a, an opening for Tibetan artist Romeo Shrestha. And so mm-hmm. I met you at your house on that day. Um, and she, but she creates sacred spaces wherever she goes. The Mango House, you will hear again, like it's a character. It's its, its own character in her book. You can read about how it is. she creates sacred spaces. Um, but she also created the Soul House, which we'll hear about in her new home in Panama. Um, but she is also that extensive trailblazing skincare industry experience that she had has brought her to yet another thing in 2020 beside her book coming out is that her new skincare line, Love Daily Skincare, is coming out this year. So happy 2020. Welcome to the Superhero of Love podcast, Sunny Justice, because you are absolutely unequivocally a superhero of love. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Bridget. Before I was just hugging Sunny. Now I'm Sunny superhero of love. Yay! <laughs> so uh, the book, like I said, super fast read. Can't more highly recommend it, you guys. Uh, uh, a true adventure, and also uh, there. There was so much. Obviously, <clears throat> there was so much. I'm sure that all everybody that knows you doesn't know every single thing that's in that, in that book, right? Because, oh my God, the adventures behind closed doors and in front of the closed doors that you've been in. Oh my God. Well, some of my best friends have been really shocked to find some major things that happened in my life they were unaware of. But, you know, it's almost like I really have had about a hundred lives so far in this life. It's like I'm the perfect Shakespeare drama. There's plenty of tragedy and comedy and then tragic comedy. And it's just, um, it's certainly not been dull. And and (laughs) (laughs) it's certainly not been dull. And it's funny that everybody like, they. well, I mean, I don't know everybody, of course, but Many people that leave reviews on Amazon, they comment about how they couldn't put it down. And oh, like really? they had yeah. to read it in one reading. And it's like, that's so funny because I wrote it really fast. Did you? Okay. Yeah. Because, you know, my deceased sister and my deceased friend, Jonathan, were just nagging me from heaven. Write the book, write the book, write the book, write the book. And the only way I could get them off my back was to just sit there and write it, write it, write it. And so it's funny that it's kind of like has its own speed. <laughs> yes. Right. Oh my God. That's amazing that you, that makes sense that you read, wrote it fast. Actually, one of the first excerpts that I plucked out of the book to read aloud, or you can read it aloud. I didn't know about your sister. And so Jonathan is the friend that she was just talking about that, that passed away. Who's it was woven throughout the book. And your sister is also woven throughout the book. And I wanted to read this um, beautiful excerpt because I think it's pretty inspiring. The first time my sister seriously changed my life, I was 15 years old. Several of my friends had just gotten their learner's permits and were picking me up to go for a drive. Coincidentally, I had my permit as well, but was not driving at the time. (laughs) I had recently backed our family station wagon into a fire hydrant 
broke it off and cracked the main water line for our entire neighborhood. The whole suburb was without water for about 22 hours and everyone knew why. As I was about to run out to meet my friends, mom yelled, did you wash Lori's hair? Lori is her younger sister. You are not going, oh, excuse me, older sister, right. Excuse me, please forgive me. Did you wash Lori's hair? You're not going anywhere until you've taken care of your sister. I was enraged as only an egocentric teenager can be. Why did I always have to take care of her? As my delicate, despondent sister bent over the sink, she was greeted with scalding hot water on her hairless head. She screamed and jerked her head up, then looked up at me with huge teardrops streaming down her innocent face and asked, why did you hurt me? I collapsed on the floor in a flood of tears and felt every ounce of goodness drain out of me as it seeped into the tile floor, leaving behind a hideous wasteland of shame. I was absolutely physically shocked that I could be so mean and cruel, especially to someone so defenseless. Lori forgave me instantly, as was her holy nature. It took me 40 years to forgive myself. I became acutely aware of my holiness because of that experience, or shall I say, I became acutely aware of how devastatingly shameful it is to abandon your holiness completely. I knew for sure that I never wanted to go there again. That is, I felt like that is like a little baby heart in your book, right? That just, so tell us about your sister and thank you for sharing that beautiful thing. We all have these, those moments that turn us around and it's, it's so beautiful for you to contextualize it like that. I think what this book did for me, it was sort of like opening the kimono. So, you know, it's like, you're just, because I think most of what's most interesting about life is probably our moments of biggest transformation. And there's usually either a catastrophe or shame or incredible humor surrounding it, you know? And so, um, you know, I was extraordinarily blessed to live with an angel on earth. And I think that most people that have had the opportunity to live with someone who was handicapped, you know, whatever that handicap might be. In my sister's case, she was mentally handicapped due to a brain tumor that she had as an infant. And, um, you know, it's frustrating as hell and you just want your life to be normal and you just wish your family was like everybody else's family, but it's not, that's not the case. And for most people, particularly for children that are, that are mentally handicapped or physically handicapped, they're often so incredibly angelic. You know, in my sister's case, what they took out of her brain was obviously her ego. And so, you know, living with that was always like an inspiration and the biggest show of your unholiness. <laughs> so, you know, it was a constant mirror and a a gauge that, you know, you could somehow gauge yourself against. But it's kind of hard to understand that sometimes as a kid. Yeah. You know, obviously a lot more of this came to me in retrospect than it did at the time. Right. And your parents are just trying to survive and help you all survive together so they can't give you the guidance that you need either. Yeah. Yeah. 
I love um, a quote from your book that I plucked out from, I think it was later in the book, um, but that dovetails with this is when you, when you wrote throughout the book, you have quotes from famous authors uh-huh. and thought leaders, but this one is God speaking to Sunny Justice. So it's quoting mm-hmm. God, forgiveness is only necessary when there is judgment. Divinity does not judge, humans do. It's so interesting because, you know, when you pray enough, <laughs> you know, divinity will get annoyed by you. That's what I'm convinced of. They'll finally say, okay, enough is enough. And, you know, we've heard you. We're chiming in there. And so, um, you know, when you start um, having a life of devotion, I mean, like Love Daily, what my company is really about is the the message that I was mugged by God with like over and over and over and over and over. And, you know, I guess I'm not a great listener because <laughs> oftentimes it'd be accompanied by, you know, physical trauma, including death, broken bones, major surgeries, you know, husband. you are literally, you talked about having a hundred lives. You have literally had, so you guys, like nine cats have nine lives. <laughs> she literally has almost died more times. You're, you have literally, you have almost died more than anybody I know personally. Yeah. I mean, it's well, just. It's, it's interesting. It's interesting. And that, that is true. You know, very few people have had ongoing physical um, <laughs> mutilations. <laughs> and different body parts you guys like not just her heart not just her leg not just her head. no just everything. everything and the funny thing is I'm not the worst in my family no you know my brother I think tops the cake my brother I call him duty do well in the book I call him the prince but in real yes. life I call him duty <laughs> duty justice but I mean I think he even tops the cake for the amount of injuries and life-threatening accidents that he's had. He's just, um, we've been in a recent competition. I broke my leg in October and I was off crutches and fine and back to normal by January. Then he did his in January much worse than I did mine. (laughs) He's probably going to be till about August before he's walking again. (laughs) Oh my God, that's not even an accident that's in the book. Holy crap. (laughs) Oh no, oh no, because I'm working on the next book, which is called Altered Space, which really goes from about, this book covers, you know, kind of till about 2016, but not really everything. So Altered Space is kind of, you know, from 2016, a lot's happened. I thought to myself, do I have enough to write about in the last five years? And it's like, well, I've moved seven times. I've died twice. I've done this. It's like, yeah, I think there's enough material in there. Oh, my God. Okay. So speaking of moving several times, but you're in Panama now. Correct. And tell yeah. me what brought you, I know you tell us a little bit in the book about what brought yeah. you to Panama. So tell us about Panama. And I don't know anybody that lives, I know people in Costa Rica, but I don't know anybody in Panama. Can you tell us a little yeah. bit about, and also what's it like for the pandemic in Panama? <laughs> well, I came to Panama in, um, also so much happened in 2005 when I decided not to move forward with Love Daily. I was getting the message at that time to go to Panama, go to Panama, go to Panama, go to Panama. 
So I never had thought about Panama. I hadn't thought about living outside of the U.S. But I was greatly at odds with the current government at that time who just had started the war in Iraq. And I was a peace activist and I didn't want to live in countries that supported war against other people anymore. And so that was a very strong drive, you know, because I believe a culture is identified with those decisions they make about how they live as a, a society. And so I kept getting this message, go to Panama. So I finally just came here by myself and within then like five minutes found a place to build the first temple and decided to move here. And I, I love Panama. I love being an expat because it kind of sounds criminal-like. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lord, that's so funny. Um, but, you know, I'll tell you, girl, I am so glad I don't live in the United States. <laughs> you know, when I see the you know, news on my phone and I see all the craziness, that is going on there. I'm just like, thank you God so much for guiding me 15 years ago that the world's a big place and there are other places that um, it's much easier to be grounded and rooted and mm -hmm. stay connected to your spiritual self because I live in the middle of nowhere. I live in the center of the world. Wow. So Panama's the center, you know, pretty much the center of the world. And I live in the center of Panama in the largest inhabited volcanic crater in the world. Wow. And so, you know, I'm living in the tamed jungle and I haven't put on shoes in like three years. <laughs> <laughs> Um, you know, people are, you know, I see my friends and people on Facebook, you know, talking about their concerns about getting their hair cut during quarantine and nails. It's like, oh my God, you know, I cut my own hair off, what, 16 years ago. I'm yeah. sure this will be my hairstyle for the absolute rest of my life. Right. It's like, I don't own a comb. I don't own a brush. You know, I haven't been to a salon in eons. And this is an ex-model, you guys. An ex-high fashion New York model. Well, and I worked at Vogue and, and worked, all yeah. of that. But yeah. you know, I did so much of it that I saw that it isn't, that doesn't make you happy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, and I actually think that, you know, I probably look better than most women my age because I gave up doing all of that stuff and I let my skin be natural and healthy. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's like I went back to the U.S. for a couple of years because I was offered some very, um, you know, some very interesting consulting jobs. And it's like, you know, I'm there for like five minutes and everyone's pressuring you, you know, oh, are you going to get fillers? Are you going to get Botox? Are you going to do this? It's like, my God, you know, when I live in the middle of Panama <clears throat> or Mexico, because I lived in Mexico for eight years too, you know, no one ever talked about that. Mm -hmm. I mean, people are talking about the weather and food and, you know, real life things. So it's like, you know, <clears throat> it's like love daily. It's very interesting because I see life is very important what you remind yourself mm -hmm. with. And, you know, Love Daily, I'm starting this company because 
Oh, wait till you see the bottles. They're so beautiful. I'm only doing glass, of course. I'm not contributing to plastic pollution. Yeah. And the bottles are just silk screened with the logo. It's like that. Beautiful. It. That's all I want you to think about is remember yeah. every day, love daily. Yeah. Give some, receive some, share some, have more. Like we need more divine reminders in our life. And I yeah. think that's the beautiful part of the pandemic. It slowed everybody down enough to have a chance to relook at their life. You know? Yeah. And um, for us, we're, we're probably in a much stricter situation than anybody in the States is because we've been in quarantine now for two months. Two and, months? Really? <clears throat> yeah, it started on March 14th here. So, yeah, two months in two days' time. Wow. <clears throat> and um, like women are allowed to go out for one hour on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And men for one hour on Tuesdays and th Thursdays. Nobody can go out on Saturday or Sunday. Co complete quarantine. And they haven't sold alcohol for two months. Um, you know, because they want people to be spending their limited funds on healthy food, not on things like alcohol. Wow. Like, you know, we're in a much simpler, beautiful place. I don't own a car. You know, I walk on my Monday, Wednesday, and Friday to the Mercado, and I buy fresh fruits and vegetables and the few staples we need, and I walk home, <laughs> you know? Wow. Wow. It's, it's so funny how when you're somewhere where there isn't much, you don't need much. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, if you're somewhere where there's unlimited options, boy, you need so much. Right. You've heard about our toilet paper situation. Like oh everybody God, needs like so much terrible. toilet paper. And it's like, you don't see any of that go on here. You go to the grocery store. The only thing I've noticed that they've run out of is peanut butter. Oh, funny. Because they probably didn't know that people would, you know, like peanut butter during a quarantine. <laughs> like right. I know I've been eating a lot. And they probably haven't been able to replenish quick enough because it wasn't a fast mover before. Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only thing I've seen out of stock so far. Wow. <laughs> That's hilarious. So, and is, are there a lot of cases in Panama? Cause we don't hear about. No, I think we've had about 7,000 people out of 5 million get sick. And we've had just about 200 deaths. Wow. So their very strict quarantine has worked. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I mean, I'm blessed because I have a very big property. You know, my property now is a, a luxury inn. And I won't say it's very big, but it can accommodate up to 15 people. So at the beginning of quarantine for the first six weeks, there were eight of us here, um, six adults and two children and three dogs. And that was very lovely for six weeks. And then the parents and two children left. And then that was very lovely too. <laughs> that is very lovely. <laughs> now it's very quiet. Now we just have three of us here, but we all work for Love Daily. So it's kind of becoming like company headquarters here. Oh, and we're cool. producing videos and getting ready for our launch and you know, and when do you launch officially? Well, I mean, God kind of only knows at this point 
because not all the different componentry we need for every element of the um, launch is readily available. Right, right. Um, but we're launching our first product, which is our face cream in June. At the beginning of June, it'll be launching on Amazon, which was kind of never the plan. We were going to launch all six products together in August and not on Amazon. But everything's changing right now. So mm -hmm. we too are just adjusting our flow and starting. But we're also launching the Love Daily Movement, which is so exciting. Because, you know, I don't know why Love Daily was brought to me, but it's been waiting for 15 years to come out at the right time. And its name is everything. It's, <laughs> it's all you need. Right. It's all you need. It's all you need. It's all you need. So now, you know, all we want people to do is to be more aware of loving daily, you know, love it forward, contact someone, anyone that you mm -hmm. can love and give them some show of love, mm -hmm. of respect, of kindness, of help, and commit to every day reaching out at least to one person and sharing the love forward. Because we all know the cure we need is love. We right. all have to be more loving of one another. Right. So that's what we're going to be promoting with the movement is just encouraging people to be more love every single day. You're speaking my language. And, um, <laughs> you know, uh, the reason I'm interviewing Sunny right now is that our mutual friend Leanne posted the cover of your book on her Facebook page and I saw the cover and I was like, oh my God, what is that? And then I saw it was you. And I was like, oh my God, it's Sunny. Will she remember me? I don't care. I want to interview her. But Leanne helped me produce um, an event, which was called Love Forward Talks, which is like TED Talks for the heart. And oh, the t-shirt, nice. the t-shirt, I'm going to have to send you a t-shirt. You're going to have to send me your mailing address and I'll send okay. you a t-shirt because it says love it forward on the t-shirt. Oh, nice. <laughs> And, nice. and you're going to have to do one of our love forward talks, but it was a really, it was an event that we did in November 11th of 2018. And, and all the talks are recorded and they're on YouTube on the superhero of love channel. So anybody that's listening to the podcast that hasn't heard about this, please go the superhero of love video, but you're going to have to do a, I'm going to hold you to this. I'm going to hold okay. your feet to the fire. You have to do a love forward talk next time we do um, a love forward talks, but um, it's so aligned. And also like I was my heart was just like getting so huge. It was popping out of my chest when you were saying, you know, just these, any teeny tiny movement every single day that we can do to love or be loved more, right? Like yes. it, because you're also receiving every time you give, like every time you reach out to check, like I, you know, I'm not, I, I, at the beginning, I was checking in with friends a lot more regularly, like people that I, and I've, I've dropped mm -hmm. the habit of doing that. So you're reminding mm -hmm. me love daily, check in more people mm -hmm. every day. I don't know that I'm doing one a day, so I'm taking it on right now from what you nice. just said. Thank, thank you. you. No, it thank is, you. I mean, we all need divine reminders and that has been the story of my life. You know, the more divinity that I have around me, the more I'm reminded to be divine and the more divine my life becomes. Okay. All right. The other quote, so perfect. That was like, it was really rehearsed. The other <laughs> quote that the other quote that I have from your book is this, 
And it's in the section called Reminders of God. That's the chapter title, right? Why don't I hardly ever think of God? Why doesn't God pop into my mind as readily as my to-do list? Why wasn't it as easy to remember my divinity as it was to remember what groceries I need? Why weren't thoughts of God as present in my daily life as thoughts of the bills I had to pay? Where was God hanging out, if not in my thoughts? Oh my God, I love that. God must have heard my questions and decided to answer on the spot. I was reminded that God is never absent. I'm the one who checks out. I'm going to repeat that. God is never absent. I'm the one who checks out. I was told that I was not thinking about God because I had no obvious reminders of God around me. My thoughts were consumed by what surrounded me, and God was not represented in those surroundings in any obvious way. So I started filling my life with reminders of God. Perfect timing of what you just said. So tell us how we can do that. Well, you know, for me, it's, it's what I look at. It's what I listen to. It's what I smell. And it's, um, it's a consciousness that I think the longer you practice it, it just imbibes into everything you do. So if you're just starting, start playing some spiritual music during the day. Um, things like kirtan or, you know, any of the Buddha musics or the monks chanting or the priests chanting, whatever it is that sounds angelic and divine to you, put that on for a while each day. Start burning scents that smell sacred to you. And there isn't one particular smell. Some might be really offensive to some people and something else to others. Mm-hmm. Then putting things, I mean, I'm a big builder of altars. I have altars in every single room of my house. I have an altar in my car. Well, when I had a car, there was an altar. <laughs> I sold the altar when I sold the car. But there's, there's literally altars everywhere because I want everywhere I look to be, oh, yes, I want to think about God. Because I do see that the more that I'm reminded of my higher self, the more my higher self hangs out, Mm. the more my higher self shows up because everything is a practice, right? That's why they call spirituality a spiritual practice. It's a practice to remember that we are already God. Mm. So how do we practice remembering that? Probably through meditating probably through watching our words or saying prayers. And maybe it's a glance at the Buddha picture that might help us remember, you know, to return non-love with love. Because that's the work that we're doing every single day is figuring out how to stay centered enough, close enough to our divinity to return non-love with love. Oh, that's so good. Yeah, that's our work every day. Oh, I had, um, I took, I had a tire with a nail in it last week and I took it to be fixed, the nail taken out. And then, you know, that's a normal thing that happens. And I saw him playing with an extra tool while he was reaching for the air to see if the air, whatever. And I had already had it checked out by roadside service. I knew that that was just the nail that was the problem. And he stabbed a hole in the inside of the tire, the inside where like nothing could ever stab the inside of the Mm -hmm. tire, right? And it was a fresh cut. He cut the tire so that I would buy a new tire instead of filling the hole. 
And so that was my test last, like I had this test, I'm just thinking uh -huh. I had this test recently and I got so, I didn't, I just said, please put the tire in the car and I drove off and I just, but I wanted to, I was like, you know, and I never leave negative reviews for anybody because I just feel like what's the use of a negative review, right? And mm -hmm. I, you know, like, it just feels like just, this is, I don't want to invite more negativity with the negative, right. right? So I just had to, I just had to assume and your book actually in reading your book, it was like a little reminder of that, that it's just, it's just these karmic lessons that come. He was there to serve me throughout your book. Yes. We have that these people yes. and situations and breaking bones and breaking <laughs> yeah. all the breaks that your body went through mm -hmm. were just these lessons, right? Mm -hmm. Hopefully it will save other people some breaks. <laughs> I mean, once you really understand that, you know, that term karma is nothing people want to look at it as like a bank account of the good and the bad that you did. And I don't see it that way at all. I see it as simply energy and your whole life is the circle of energy that's around you. And if you put something into it, like if you have hurt someone and cheated on them, you know, like I did to my first husband that ended my first marriage, my second big shameful thing I did after scalding my sister's bald head. You know, it's in the circle of my energy now. It has only a couple of options. One option is I can transmute it while it's in the circle through doing massive forgiveness work. Because that's the only way you can transmute anything that lacks light back into light. So you can transmute it through forgiveness work, or you can let it go full circle to come back into your life to present itself again in another situation so that you can deal with it differently. Mm -hmm. So I've come to see that, you know, because the forgiveness works take quite a bit of time, <laughs> that you really save a lot of time if you don't do the shit in the first place. You know, by just like <laughs> zipping it, <laughs> you know, if you just zip it and like learn to be quiet and wait and pause and Even of, if you feel like you've been wronged, right? Like in my case, I feel like I've been wronged. I think that in your situation, you were absolutely wronged. If you know for sure that he cut the tire, yeah. Yeah. I'm sure I would have confronted him with it and said, I expect you to replace my tire now that you've cut it because it's yeah, not. I had to, I had to go somewhere else to get confirmed that this was, do you see that this is a fresh and they, the tire, the place that gave me the new tire said, yes, that is a fresh cut. That is, there's no way uh -huh. that that could have happened where it, where it was located on the tire. So uh -huh. I, I mean, and I knew that, but yeah, just, I don't know. It just didn't feel, I don't know. I, did, I see what you're saying. And yeah. usually I stand up. But I think um, and everything is unusual right now because we're all in this state of unknown because everything yes. is transitioning. Yes. So we're not even sure what to do, but it's never right to do wrong. And that guy did you wrong. Yeah, but I so, feel like in, this, in that circle that you were just describing, mm -hmm. right? Like he, he has to deal with that, right? That's, his, that's his business, not my business. Yeah. Yeah, and I didn't because feel now like someone will damage something of his and make it 
invaluable or make it now have no value. And it might be something much more valuable than a tire, which is the bummer for him. (laughs) (laughs) But I think that part of the motivation is exactly what you said, which is that this is a different time. And I feel like I'm surrounded. I have had a lot of experiences in the last couple of months with people acting out that don't normally act out also, Uh you know, that, you know, or, or throwing negativity that they don't normally throw. And it's like, I'm just kind of like letting it, I'm just ducking and letting it go past because it just feels like nobody's being their normal highest self right now. Yeah. Except never was there a time that we're being called upon to be our higher self. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think that's what we have to stop doing is giving ourselves the excuse. Oh, why? Because it's hard because we're all in quarantine. I mean, you know, but a lot, there is a lot of that too, though. People are rising up and showing their highest selves too. I don't mean to say it's only one or the other. You know what I'm saying? It's just like, I think the stressors, some people are under more stress than others and you know, it's pushing, but yeah. Don't you, do you feel like in your orbit that people are rising up also like they're showing their highest selves? Um, I find that most people around me have been showing their true selves and it's been very telling. Mm. Some of that has been exemplary and some of it has been far less than exemplary, but it's being magnified, you know, whatever, wherever you are right now, it's being magnified is what I'm seeing. Mm. So it makes me personally, you know, very grateful that I've done a lot of spiritual practice to keep Mm -hmm. me on the calmer, more peaceful side of things. And I find that it's much easier for me to clearly get, um, or I should say to be clearly more discerning (laughs) than possibly I've been in the past. I've never been great with discernment, as you can tell by all the men I married. (laughs) She ends the book with number four. Yeah. I figured too, by reading my book, you know, now I don't have to really date for number five. I'll just tell them, read the book. And if you <laughs> like me <laughs> after that, <laughs> then we can have a conversation. This is our first date. And generally it only takes four hours to read. So go ahead. <laughs> it's essentially the equivalent of- you a whole weekend if you're a slow reader. <laughs> <laughs> you talked about forgiveness work. Is there any, is there any small- exercise that you can suggest? Oh, absolutely. Like the best forgiveness prayer of all is like very short. You know, I learned this from Howard Wells. I'm not exactly sure if he's the originator of it or not, but here's the prayer. So whoever you're wanting to forgive, be it a person, yourself, or a situation, just very clearly, literally put that person or an image of them or the experience literally in your heart and hold it right there. And then as you're consciously breathing right through your heart, breathing right into the center of your heart, right out the back, you just keep repeating the forgiveness prayer. And I'll say it three times and then I'll send it to you if you want to include it with the podcast. Notes. Um, podcast. That'd be great. Okay. So the prayer is, so you can, if you want to do it now, close your eyes if that feels comfortable or not. And just think of someone that's hurt you recently or a situation that's hurt you. And just hold them in your heart. And take a deep breath. 
I love you. I forgive you. Please forgive me. Let's forgive each other. Let's forgive ourselves. I love you. I forgive you. Please forgive me. Let's forgive each other. Let's forgive ourselves. I love you. I forgive you. Please forgive me. Let's forgive each other. Let's forgive ourselves. And if you get into this and just keep repeating it, I swear it will dissolve. It just dissolves. I mean, you just watch the image in your heart until it just dissolves back into light. Like I can honestly say there's nobody in my life right now that um, I have any anger or challenge with. Some have tried to present themselves as that in the last few days. And I find, oh, I can flare up. But then as soon as I do the forgiveness work, it's like they might still have it, but I don't. Mm. And, you know, when it, as soon as it comes up for you and you just, ah, I love you, I forgive you, please forgive me, let's forgive each other, let's forgive ourselves. Shoo, shoo. You do that work quickly, you just burn it up right on the spot. I got so high from that. It- it's hard to talk. I, I got, I got so <laughs> high <laughs> and I, my tire guy is completely forgiven right now. But, <laughs> but the really beautiful thing about it was I had this really beautiful image of us. Like, you know how you see, um, you know, like, I don't oh, in the Mr. Rogers movie, they did it where they have this big, they pan, they pan out and then they pan into the village and so you're seeing it from above, from the big picture, uh-huh. and then you see all the little tiny inner workings, and you see the tires on the cars moving, and you see all uh-huh. the little inner workings. And that's what I saw was he and I were just play. We were like little puppets in a play, mm-hmm. and he pushed me, and I pushed him, whatever. You know, whatever, we were just acting out a play, right? Uh-huh. Like, And we're just all here. I just felt like we're all just out here acting out our little play. And if we can forgive, then we can just keep continuing on our path and becoming higher and higher versions of ourselves, right? Yes, because it's truly the only differentiation between divinity and humanity is that divinity will never, ever forgive you because divinity doesn't ever judge you. Judgment is a necessity, or I should say forgiveness is a necessity of judgment. Mm -hmm. And in the divine realms, there is no judgment. So we go through all of this blah, 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 because it's like, oh, I like that. I don't like that. Oh, she's great. Oh, she's not. Oh, And it's just like we live in this monkey mind of judgment about everything. And when we can calm that down, and there, it's not that you can't say, oh, I love orange more than red, or I love this flower more than that. That's discernment, and that's beauty, and you can find it in whatever is beautiful to you. But the minute that those thoughts start coming into the mind of, you know, he's an asshole, he's a jerk, he's cheating me, it's like, 
because the more you spend time on it, the more you're going to have to do to undo what you've created through your own thought process. And we waste, well, most people don't do the work. So they don't waste any time with forgiveness work. And that's why their life is living hell. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You, know? you just gave me, you just gave me an aha moment and an area, a sliver of my life that is hell, which is um, social media. We, you know, everybody recognizes this about social media is that it, one of the big things it does is it makes you compare yourself to others, right? And feel mm -hmm. less than like, so, and I feel like that's something you've never been plagued with, have you? Like, but because you always skyrocket to the top of whatever you're doing, but you don't have an issue know. with comparing or jealousy or anything like that, do you? Oh, I'm sure I have plenty of insecurities, but there's, I don't really give a damn about <laughs> what a lot of people think, you know? So I won't say that it's like, I don't have insecurities. Certainly now in my sixties, I have a lot, lot less. You know, mm -hmm. and thank God, that's the beautiful part about getting older. Mm -hmm. It's like, I really don't care now what other people think. <laughs> right. right. Yeah. You know, if I thought a bit before, but now I really don't. And it's just that I, my mind and my energy and my emotion is taken up by what I surround myself with. And I surround myself with divinity and beauty and peace and tranquility and opportunities to be of service to other people. And so that's what my life is made up of. Mm, that's beautiful, right? You and know? love, and love. Yeah, I mean, I wanted to share something with you because this, this was something I talked about in my book, but when we were talking about the love, love it forward movement and sharing more love every day, I know that probably a lot of people right now feel like they're tapped out. Mm. You know, that they're overwhelmed by the stress of this pandemic, financial stresses, the whole change of life and schedule and everything that we've all gone through. And they probably feel like they don't have much to give. And a lot of people I know feel very depleted. And I know that there were many times in my life being a single mom and running a company, you know, I always felt depleted because I was giving and giving and giving and taking care of everybody. And you get to the point that you feel like bitter Betty, right? Because you're just <laughs> giving to the point of being bitter Betty and nobody <laughs> seems to notice. And you know, everybody just keeps taking and taking while you give and give. So, you know, in one of my um, human tragedies, you know, divinity caused me to, faint and crash my hand and break it really bad so that I could learn a lesson about why we have two hands and how energy works. Mm -hmm. So during that teaching, when my hand got crushed, I was shown that there is no giving. We should never even hardly use the word give. There's no giving. What we're intended to do is to receive, 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 receive light and energy and divine peace and wisdom and support and all of divinity. We're just supposed to receive it all and we receive it right through our left hand. And then we're just supposed to 
fill up and fill up and fill up. And we don't even begin to share until we have excess. Because that's when you get holy. When you have so much light, it starts popping out of you. And you look like Swiss cheese. (laughs) And now you're holy. Because you have more than you can contain. Wow. And that's how divinity is supposed to work. That's how divinity is intended to work with us. Which is why your time of prayer or your time of meditation or your time of walking, where you fill up with more love, more of God's love, more of God's light. And you just let them fill you up so then you can just share it without ever depleting yourself. Wow. And that's the work we're being asked to do right now. And when you are doing it, you don't feel depleted. You don't feel like bitter Betty. You don't feel that it's not fair and it isn't just and you're doing more than everybody else. It's like... It's, it's one of the biggest shifts that ever happened to me in my life. Wow. Was realizing there is nothing I can give. My only job is to receive and to share the excess of that light and love and comfort and peace that I have. Oh my God, I got high again. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> kind of inappropriate to get that high because then you can't talk. Um, <laughs> Oh my God, that's so beautiful. That's so beautiful. I love that. I love it so much. I can't even stand how much I love that. That is so beautiful. I want to get to um, Love Daily, your new skincare line. I really loved how when you were telling the story of your early days at L'Oreal and you were saying to them, going organic, this is the way to go. And taking, you know, having all natural products, this is the way to go. And they wouldn't, they wouldn't walk into the future with you. Right. Yeah, and then you ended yeah. up at Burt's Bees. Thanks God. Thank God. Yeah. And made it happen there. But tell us about how you came to, to doing Love Daily Skincare Line. Well, I was chief pollinator of Burt's Bees for almost 14 years. And, you know, most people say I kind of created the cult, but for me, since most of my career had been in the skincare industry, it was my karmic ability to undo all the chemical, crappy, blue, green, and pink, nasty-ass lotions and shower gels that I had put out there with Bath and Body Works and Victoria's Secret and L'Oreal and you name them. You know? And I had never been a user of those products. So there was a great karmic injustice in my personal life and my work life. So Burt's allowed me to finally level those scales of justice, thank God, and use my expertise in skincare to really work with Roxanne and our chemists to pioneer natural skincare products. And Mm -hmm. the changes that I saw in my own skin, in my own life, and my own well-being, my personal care well-being, I should say, were so dramatic Because, you know, I'm a regular, you know, kid. I was born in the late 50s. You know, all we did. I was a competitive swimmer my whole life. I was a lifeguard. I used to tell people that I had a really big nose, but it all peeled off and this is all that's left. (laughs) Because, I mean, I think it's probably partially true. It was sunburned so many times and, 
you know, laying there with the foil and the baby oil with the yes, the baby oil. Oh, the whole thing couldn't have done more damage than we did. But it's like you know, my skin is really healthy and it looks beautiful. Mm-hmm. And you know, I'm doing videos for a skincare line in my 60s and wearing no makeup. Yeah. To me, that's the bigger accomplishment than coming out with a new skincare line. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's so true. So, you know, it's like I'm taking the other route. I've never had a filler. I haven't done surgery. It's like I intend to go through the rest of this phase of this life as Sunny Justice doing it naturally. Mm-hmm. And, you know, for me, I don't put anything on my skin that I wouldn't put in my mouth and eat. If it isn't, you know, I treat my skin like the organ it is. And you know what's really interesting, Bridget, that I've seen? I've seen this, um, it's sort of like people treat their skin sort of like they treat the earth. They treat it all like it's just some surface that doesn't really have any value. You know, it's like they'll put any kind of chemical crap on their skin, you know, whether it's Vaseline intensive care or Eucerin or this or that all the way up to chapstick on their lip balm and just chemicals, chemicals. When, you know, the skin is the most absorbent and Mm -hmm. largest organ of your body. Mm -hmm. I always tell people if they don't believe their skin is an absorbent organ, go take a piece of garlic and take a fresh slice and put it on your wrist and put a piece of scotch tape over it and see how long it takes you to have the worst garlic breath you've ever had. Wow, that's a great test. Also, it'll, it'll be anywhere from like 30 minutes to two hours, depending on your circulation and how unexfoliated your skin is. <laughs> wow. Also, that section of your book on chapstick and... Uh, yeah, Vaseline and, and yeah, Blistex. Yeah, yes. I remember Blist. I mean, I remember in high school, it was chapstick and Blistex because yeah. I'm, I'm just a few years younger than you. And yeah. I would put, I, I remember that my lips seemed to get drier with Blistex. Yeah. I just didn't understand Blistex because it just yeah. made it drier. Well, the I, name says it all. It'll oh my God. to the point of giving them blisters. Chapstick. It's just chappedness in a stick and you're buying it. Like I say, like I say in the book, you know, I used to tell people they're using all these ingredients with petrolatum. It's slippery. It's, it's petroleum. You refine it one way, it becomes petroleum for your car. You refine it another way, it becomes petroleum for cosmetics. That's what Vaseline is, petroleum jelly. Mm-hmm. And you put it on and it's all slippery, slidey, glidey, but it's incredibly drying. So you put it on, it feels slippy and slidey for five minutes. And then it's like, oh my God, my lips are so dry. So you put more on. And then it's like, oh, they're so dry. So you put more on. And now you are a moron. (laughs) (laughs) And it's as simple as that. (laughs) You've become a skincare moron, you know? (laughs) Oh my God. Uh, All right. So we can love our skin daily, love each other more daily. Love. So yeah, when love daily comes out in full, it's six products. Cause you know, my tagline for the line is conscious, concise, and clean. So the conscious has everything to do from it being edible, Mm -hmm. you know, skin food, every product in the line is 97 to a hundred percent natural. 
And I want you to know that, you know, it's mm -hmm. like everybody's tried to like market to you and pull the wool over your eyes for so long. I yeah. want you to know exactly what's happening here. And you speak but, from expertise. I mean, she knows what goes on behind this. She knows what goes on in the chemical labs. So, yeah, yeah, and I know what the ingredients are. And, you know, in some things you do have to use a little bit of a man-made preservative, but there's many options of that that you can use. Some that are food grade and safe and some that are not. And, you know, it's like, and it's only six products. And the beautiful part is it can be used by everyone because everyone has skin and our skin is basically all the same except for the fact that everybody's skin changes daily every single day you're more dry more oily more this more that but i'm going to teach you once we have the full collection how to use these products together to customize them every single day so that you can use it for the rest of your life and it wow. will always be the appropriate skincare line for you because you don't need much. You just need healthy, good food for your skin. And my skin is living proof. Mm -hmm. So I know that it works because I try it on myself. I'm the test bunny. <laughs> so great. My, my grandmother was 86 when she passed away and she didn't look 86. She had, she had great skin. And I said, she said at one point I was sitting next to her on the couch and she said something about her skin being beautiful. And I said, Oh yes, no, I'm so sorry. I don't say it every day. Your skin is so beautiful. You're amazing. Uh -huh. And she said, do you want my secret? And I said, Oh my God. Yes. I can't even believe I haven't, yeah. you know, I haven't thought of asking you your secret. I was in my uh, early forties, I think around this time. And, um, and she, uh, but my skin, you know, like I didn't really, my skin didn't start aging till I hit really like I hit 50 and then my skin started aging all of a sudden. But um, anyway, so she, so I wasn't concerned in other words. Right. So uh -huh. I wasn't obsessed with her skin. Uh -huh. So she said, do you want to know my secret? Yes. And she said, do you promise not to tell your mother? <laughs> Which is like one of the weirdest moments I ever had with my grandmother. And I could, I was like, what? <laughs> She said, you have to promise not to tell her. And I was like, all right, whatever. You know, I knew she was at the end of her life. And I was like, I'm going to tell her. <laughs> so she told me that it was just aloe vera and vitamin E oil. Those were oh, yeah, of course. She I mean, it's food for your skin. But yes, why so didn't she want your mother to know? Who knows? I still to this day cannot even guess why she did not want my mother. She must have been angry at her at that moment <laughs> in her life. You know what I mean? No. Okay, good. Well, in my face cream that's coming out, the Love Daily face cream, you know, besides it being a super vitamin C cream, it has lots of aloe and vitamin E. So you and your grandmother would love it. <laughs> I'm so in. Well, I'm, I'm an automatic in uh -huh. on your skincare products because <laughs> I know that you know what you're doing and I know that you'll you you live you live you you walk the talk yeah thank you so thank you for coming up with a new skincare product I would like to look like you I think you're only like five <laughs> years older than me but I want to look at like you when I'm five years older actually I'm 3152 so I'm really <laughs> fabulous <laughs> You are stunning for 3,152. <laughs> All right. So uh, happy 2020, a weird 2020, but your book came out. 
love daily skincare is coming out. And also, wait, the one thing I forgot to ask you about, which I really do want to hear about, Soul House. Do you do retreats at Soul House or are you going? Well, you know, God only knows at this point. Right. So historically, um, Soul House, again, we're in El Valle de Anton, Panama. It's the center of the country of Panama, up in the mountains. So we have the perfect tropical climate. You know, the beaches can get very hot here, but ours is pretty perfect temperature year round, which is what brings a lot of people here. Um, so it's a luxury inn and retreat center. Right now, um, with everything in full quarantine, it's completely closed down except for friends that have decided to live here <laughs> in tropical luxury. <laughs> so these are very lucky friends. <laughs> Um, but it is, it's exquisite. We do have a website, soulhousepanama.com. Okay, okay, so you great. can read about the little town. I mean, I live in a small village of like 8,000 people. Wow. So it was funny because Mother's Day just passed in the U.S. And um, as well as in Mexico, Canada, it's, you know, because my daughter lives in Mexico and my grandson. Oh. And um, she said, um, I want to send you flowers for Mother's Day. And I just start cracking up. It's like, if she only knew, <laughs> like, probably the closest florist is about two and a half hours away. <laughs> like, oh my God, that's like, you know, in another country almost. That's hilarious. So, and it's Somebody like, needs know, to go to your village and start a florist. Uh, yeah, well, but then when you can just go outside in your them. own yard. Yes. Yeah, right. Doesn't make sense. You know, yeah. have enormous tropical flower arrangements. It was the thought that counts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she hasn't yet been to Soul House, so she'll, I'm sure she'll find that extraordinarily humorous when she gets to visit here. Wow. <laughs> wow. Well, yeah. what a treat that's going to be so for all of us. Another thing to add to the list. Yeah. Chief laundress and innkeeper. <laughs> there Chief you go. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank um, you for all that you're doing. Soul House, mugged by God. Everybody go get it. It's such a ride. I hope they make it into a movie because it's such a movie unto itself. Oh, it's so funny because you're now the fourth person that said that. And the other three have said Netflix series. Mm -hmm. Each season is a different husband. Oh, and that's great. Charlize should play me. I'm like, oh, that sounds marvelous to me. <laughs> yes. She's the closest thing. You are. Sunny is exquisitely gorgeous, as you'll see in the podcast notes. Oh, you're so sweet, honey. No, you are. Uh, all right. Thank you for giving me those aha moments. Thank you for making me high at two different junctures where I had to get my bearings and try to form words. And it was very difficult. Thank you for that difficulty. You're so <laughs> welcome. Thank you for coming, superhero. That was Sunny Justice, the incomparable Sunny Justice. You can find out more about Sunny and her new book, Mugged by God, at mugbygod.com. You can find out about Soul House, her retreat house in Panama, at soulhousepanama.com. And soon you'll be able to order and find out more about the Love Daily skincare line that she's starting at lovedaily.com. Is not that the best website in the entire universe? Lovedaily.com. 
Um, if you like this podcast, please go rate and review it. Subscribe to it. Tell your friends about it. We need more superheroes of love into the fold now more than ever, right? More than ever. So please pass it on. And if you haven't read my book yet, please go check it out. Superhero of Love, wherever you get your books. Thanks for coming, Superhero. Have an amazing day.